desires fellowship with us. I want you to believe that tonight. I don't want you to know that and believe that. that God desires to walk with you. He desires to hold your hand. He desires to be with you. And so when you wake up in the morning, you have an opportunity to go to him and to be with him. And then you have opportunities throughout your day to just, Jesus, I need you. I need you, Jesus. And you know what? He shows up and he visits us when we need him. He visits us when we call on him. Amen. And I'm just thankful for the little nudges and the little touches that we experience throughout our day, throughout our life. Because we know that God's hand is upon us. And we know that God is doing something in us. Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated. I love what I feel in this place. And I, uh, if you will pray with me one more time before we get into our study tonight. And ask the Lord to just have his way. Amen. I, I, uh. As we go through this this series here, I, I want the Lord to just do a work in us, in all of us. Amen. God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for for how you uh, how you give us what we need. Lord, you have a way of of getting a hold of us. You have a way of bringing inspiration into our life, Lord. And you have a way of getting us into a place where where you can do. Uh, what you desire to do, Lord. And so tonight, I just want to say thank you. I want to thank you that I know you. I want to thank you that I have been purchased by you and that I'm in debt to you. I'm indebted to you, God. And I want all of my days to be pursuing you and chasing you, God, that I may may apprehend your presence in my life. Hallelujah. I'm not just chasing the wind, oh God. I'm chasing that I may apprehend your presence, God. And so I thank you for your word tonight that is forever settled in heaven, Lord. And I pray that you would minister to your people. Uh, would you let your, your anointing fall in this place on me as your, as your, as your voice, God, and, and your people, Lord, as uh, listeners and, and those that would hear, all of us that would hear, God, give us ears to hear your voice. God, I thank you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We are uh, continuing our study here, equipped for the journey. And tonight we are going to start a new subtopic here, a purpose within my hand. As I journey through the land, there you go. Singing as I do what? Go. And what am I doing as I'm going? Pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow. But what may happen on the way? Yeah. From where? Without, within, all over the place, right? Everywhere. But my Lord does what? Leads me on and do, and what? 
Through him I must win. For years we have clapped our hands and sung this melody with hopeful expectation that one day we will see him for ourselves. Oh, I want to see him, the song says. And when it happens, my feet will leave this dirt behind. We will forget about the arrows that pierce our soul because we have been singing, it's going to be worth it all. Some beautiful happy day. It's going to be worth every what? Every long mile, every heartache and every trial. I'm here to tell you tonight, no matter what we face in that moment, it will be worth it all. This journey takes us across mountains and valleys, plains and desert places. And there are times of great victories and times where we feel like we might not make it out. Job said it best, I go forward, but he's not. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, I can't behold him. And on the right hand, I cannot see him. But, but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath, this is why, this is why he knows the way that I take. My foot hath held his steps. And as the songwriter put it, but my Lord leads me on. Through him I must win. There will be times that we can't see him, but he still leads us. Just because you can't perceive where he is doesn't mean he's lost your address. Doesn't mean he doesn't know where you are. Our God has the path prepared for you and I. Abraham climbed the mountain to sacrifice his son without knowing how God was going to fulfill the promise he had through Isaac. The lad, he said, the lad and I are going to go and worship, uh, uh, but we're coming back. I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm supposed to go up there and sacrifice my son. But you know what? We are coming back here because there is a promise. I don't know how it's going to play out. But God promised me and I believe him. My faith is in his promise. And we're coming back after we worship. On the way up, Isaac asked his father, where the sacrifice was, and Abraham said uh, these famous words, God will provide himself a lamb. The King James Version is the only version that says that he will provide himself a lamb. And we see that right before Abraham followed through with the command to sacrifice his son, that God stopped him and allowed Abraham the time to see that there was a ram caught in the thicket. This time
testifies that when we don't know how God is going to provide, but we trust Him anyway, there is a miracle on the unknown side of obedience. If all you do is obey God, I want you to know that there is a miracle awaiting your obedience even when it doesn't make sense even when it doesn't add up and and you know I'm doing everything I know to do God it just doesn't seem to be working out I know that there is a promise but I can't see it right now in the midst of the suffering you just obey God you stay submitted and obey him and you will meet your miracle What Abraham said about God would provide himself a lamb, this also points to a day that God would step into time and become the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He provided himself a a spotless lamb to present a door of opportunity to become a sure house. If there's anything sure in our world, it's being in the will of God. All the unsure things, all all the things that don't matter, that that will fade away are on the outside. But once you step through the door, you are on your way to becoming a sure house. We become a sure house when we listen and obey all he commands us. and And we begin to walk in his ways. And do what is right in his eyes. And keep his statutes and his commandments. Proverbs 7 verses 1 through 2. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live. And my law as the apple of thine eye. Where do we get our blessing and vitality? When we cherish God's law, God's disposition, when I cherish his word like something I can't live without, Job said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. That's keeping the law as the apple of thine eye. When I do that, God's disposition is manifested in my life. Deuteronomy 28, I want, to read, I want to read verses 1 through 2, verses 8 and 9, and then verse 12. We're just going to skip through these verses here. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, I know that this was for Israel, but we must understand that we have been adopted. And now we are Israel. Galatians 6, 15 and 16 tells us, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature And as many as walk according to this rule, what rule? The rule that in Jesus there is no, there is no, there's no Jew or Gentile. In Jesus we are one. In Jesus 
peace beyond them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. Jew and Gentile is lumped into the Israel of God. In Christ Jesus we become new and those who walk in this understanding are the Israel of God. Romans 2, 28 and 29, For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. I don't believe that God has a different set of commandments for the spiritual Israel. We don't have the same traditions and customs of Jewish culture. But he said we are not Jewish based on the outward circumcision. But inward circumcision of the heart. I believe the words spoken in Deuteronomy 28 apply to us too. In verse 2 in Deuteronomy 28 it says, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And then jumping down to verse 8, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. I want to read that again because this is what we're talking about. The purpose, a purpose within my hand. He said that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. In verse 9, the Lord shall establish thee an holy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Jumping down to verse 12, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season and to bless all the work of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow. We have made it to where we are walking with the Lord in this journey and, and he is ordering our steps. He is leading us as we walk with him on this path that he has prepared for us. God said if we make sure that we are careful to keep his commandments, these blessings would come in and overtake us. What a promise to know that if I obey God and I, I do what is required of me according to his word, that these blessings will overtake me in my life. Now, I don't want you to get confused. I'm not trying to say that everything that we do uh, uh, will always turn out the way that we want it to. Because there's still seasons that we must walk through. We still will have seasons where, where there is a, a loneliness and isolation, where it just it doesn't feel the same way. But that doesn't mean that God's blessing and His favor has abandoned us. 
We just have to walk through those seasons and trust that God knows where we are. When there is plenty, he knows where we are. But when there is famine or where there appears to be famine, he still knows where we are. And he hasn't left us. As long as we walk with him and not contrary to him. Because everything that we read in Deuteronomy 28, all the good things uh, uh, will agree that apply to us. But then he goes on to say, but if you disobey me, all these blessings uh, will become curses. And guess what? They will overtake you too. He said that he would bless all we stretch out our hand to do. That blessing may not look the same way from season to season. It makes sense why we have what we have and, and how we have become who we have become. And it's, it's because God has blessed the efforts of our hands. I can't take credit for the blessings God has overtaken me with. You can say the same thing about yourself. He is the one that has given us the gifts that we have. And he is the one that he is the one that causes our hands to prosper. It is not because you're just so talented. So gifted. God took what he placed in your hand and multiplied it as you used it. You use your hand and God will multiply the efforts of your hands. As Moses fled Egypt, God had his steps marked. While he was on the backside of nowhere, he picked up a rod. And began to do the work of a shepherd. God knew his location. And when he revealed himself to Moses. I want, some, I want us to, to get this. What I'm getting ready to say right here. When God revealed himself to Moses. It, was, it wasn't because there, uh, there was just a, a moment for an encounter. God revealed himself to Moses. Because there was a purpose. There is a purpose for revelation. It's not just so you can know who God is. There is a purpose for why you know who God is. When God met you in the lowest place in your life, he didn't just meet you to reveal himself to you as your deliverer because part of the revelation is the purpose we find after the encounter. Moses, you know who I am now. And I'm sending you back to the place you fled from. You may have left as a murderer, but you're going back as an instrument. Exodus uh, 4 verses 1 through 9. 
and I imagine this response is the response that that 90 to to 100% of us have when God does what he's getting ready to do. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. Nor hearken unto my voice, because guess what? Sometimes we believe that it's us. When we speak, we believe it's us. When we do what we do, we believe that it's us. And we miss, we miss what God is trying to do. Said, they're not going to hearken unto my voice, for they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. Remember, because guess what, Moses? You're a murderer. Why would God deal with a murderer? Why would God send a murderer to us? And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? Don't worry about Egypt. Don't worry about what they'll call you and who you used to be. What's in your hand? And he said, a rod? It's just a rod. It's nothing. All I have is my testimony. All I have is this little bit of ability that I, that I have. All I have is, uh, is just being nice or being kind. Or The only thing I know how to do is pray. I, I just have this little thing. I've got this, this, this simple thing. i got a rod. That's all I have. God was revealing to Moses that he had everything he needed for God to use right in his hand. You don't need certain talents or abilities to bring God glory. All you need is what you have in your hand. You may not be able to sing songs like Sister Pearson or, or play the keyboard like Sister Pearson or, or, or clap your hands on beat like, like some people. You may not be able to carry a tune or you may not be able to do this thing or that thing, but you'll, you never compare yourself to somebody else. That's not wise. God's given you something something in your hand and if you use it you will bring God you will bring God glory with what you have too many people are comparing themselves well I'm not Wayne Huntley and I'm not Jerry Jones and I'm not uh, I'm not the uh, uh, Billy Cole and I'm not these ministers that have that have touched thousands of lives no you are you and God has given you everything that you need within your hand to bring him glory he's not asking you to be like somebody else he's saying what's in your hand Young people, don't compare yourself to how God uses other people. 
Don't become envious when, when other ministers or other, other people get opportunities that you wish you had. God's got something for you. You won't, uh, you won't go unnoticed because you have purpose. And when you have purpose, you have something to accomplish that will bring God glory. Verse 3, he said, cast it on the ground. Cast that rod on the ground. And he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. Uh, uh, that, that rod didn't become a serpent by Moses' ability. Come on, the instrument in your hand is not your ability. It's God performing to your life. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it and it became a rod in his hand. That they, verse 5, that they may believe. This is the reason why. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thy hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again. And he plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, Neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, and they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto the voice that thou shalt take of the water of the river and pour it upon the dry land. And the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. He said, you don't uh, be dismayed by their faces, and if they don't believe you, guess what I'm going to keep working in your life until they do believe well God it didn't work the first time I stepped out they didn't believe me when I did what I did and said what I just believed it was you that told me to do it go do it again and do it again and put yourself in the place to be used as an instrument because eventually there will be an opening of understanding and revelation that will come from your efforts. But here we've got to understand something. God didn't send Moses back to Egypt just so he would be busy. So he would have something to do in the kingdom. Being busy with church work is not the same as accomplishing the purpose God has placed within your hand. Because the purpose that God placed within your hand will bring him glory. That doesn't mean that the things that we do around the church are not important. I'm just saying that's not your entire purpose.
Because your life is to bring him glory. Exodus 7, 7 verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. And Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee. And Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh. That he send the children of Israel out of his hand, out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt. How did he do this? We all know this story. What did he tell Moses to do? Stretch forth thy hand. I'm going to do it through you. I have chosen you as an instrument. Once a murderer, now an instrument in the hand of God. Well, God, I've made a mess of my life. It doesn't matter. God has a purpose for you. And what's in your hand is more powerful than you realize. Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them, so did they. And Moses was fourscore years old, and Aaron fourscore and three years old, when they spake unto Pharaoh. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you, then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went into, unto Pharaoh and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt. They also did in the like manner with their enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. And he hardened Pharaoh's heart and had awakened uh, not unto them. And, and as the Lord had said, and the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened and he refuseth to let the people go. Get thee unto Pharaoh in the morning. Lo, he goeth out unto the water. And thou shalt stand by the river's brink against he come. And the rod which was turned to a serpent shalt thou take in thine hand. And thou shalt say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath sent me unto thee, saying, Let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hitherto thou wouldest not hear. 
Verse 17, thus saith the Lord, in this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in mine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. I'm closing here tonight. God is not looking for a specific talent. A specific ability. A specific calling. Just because you haven't been called into the ministry as a, as a preacher from a pulpit doesn't mean there is no purpose for you. It's sad to say that there are some, uh, some people in the church, and I'm not saying this church, I'm saying in general, that feel like this is the only thing that's available to be powerful and used of God in. Can I tell you, God can use uh, uh, the pastor, he can use a minister behind a pulpit to do powerful things. But can I tell you that when you go into the world and you, you go back to where you came from and you begin to testify of the power of God and his ability to work in your life, can I tell you there is more power in that moment when God awakens somebody's understanding and he sees, uh, that person sees God for the first time and he gets the glory for it. Can I tell you the times that I've really felt the anointing of God has been when I've been in the workplace and, and when I've been in a public situation and, and the Holy Spirit when was flowing in my life and quickening my my thoughts and my words were coming out in such a way that I could not put together myself because there is an anointing when somebody leaves Egypt uh, to find redemption and then they go back to Egypt to testify of God's power. He's looking for somebody who has been delivered so he can take what is in thine hand and multiply it to bring him glory. A lot of times we look at, at a measure of a man and his anointing by his presence on a platform and the goosebumps on our neck and the powerful words that come out of his mouth. Can I tell you that's not the way that God does it. God measures the greatness of a man by his response in obedience to go and be a mouthpiece in an impossible situation that would bring him absolute glory. God doesn't get the glory when his people play it safe. 
when his people sit on their callings and only think it belongs within the four walls of the church house. You've got more power in your life than the hell that you face when you step out your front door and go to your workplace. You've got more power and more influence in your life when you meet that, that sinner on the side of the road and God begins to anoint you with his words and reach for a life that has been shattered by hell. If we would recognize the things that God has for us to do, we would see the opportunities around us. We would see those who are lost and suffering, and we would be the voice. Uh, we would be the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. I'm stepping out so, so God can step in. God's purpose when he called you was to, to make you an instrument, to make you an extension of his power. What brings God glory and revelation uh, to those who don't know him is seeing someone and all that they have is in their hands and, and is used to display God's power and absolute dominion and authority. What brings God glory is when they look at you and they say, uh, uh, by the appearance of what you look, you don't have anything to offer me. You're not great and mighty in the, in the scope of the world's eyes. No, it doesn't matter. Let me show you the greatest power in the universe. It's not me anyways. But it's in my hand. Let's all stand. Come on, I want each one of you to, I want, I want each one of you to close your eyes. And I want you to say, I have a purpose within my hand. Now ask the Lord, would you show me my purpose? And would you show me, with, would you show me what's in my hand? that can be used to bring you glory. Can we spend a few moments here and pray and ask God to reveal to us what we have that He can use as an instrument in His hand. I want to be an extension of His hand and and if I've got to stretch forth my hand, let me know what's within my hand that I can stretch forth to bring you glory, God. Come on, let's magnify the Lord. I know that he's been dealing with us. I know that he's been speaking to us. I know that he has been challenging us. Would you, would you, would you uh, stretch forth your hands and your focus and say, God, I want to be an extension of your hand. I want to be, 
I want to be a, a vessel that will bring you glory in this world, God. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord. what you really want in your life would you say to him take my hand with faith take you speak if you could use anything Lord, speak through me if you could use anyone that's made a mess of their life can, can I be the one can I be the vessel can I be the instrument in your hand God My life has meant nothing before. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. And what I found in you is purpose, oh God. So I want to live my, my life hands, in a way that Lord, brings you glory. Take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak through oh, me. Yes, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. challenge you can I challenge you tonight to look for ways in your day to day life that God can use what's in your hand to bring him glory and to reveal to those around you his sovereignty and his power and his dominion because if we would take the time to notice around us, we would see that there are thousands of opportunities every day. Gas stations, grocery store, 
work, school. And you overcome your fear and understand that it's not you anyways, that God is just going to use what you have to minister to those who don't have him. Amen. I want to be the voice that's point, that points people to Jesus. I want to be the one that says, you know what, I was over here uh, doing what I knew to do, and I was pointing people to Calvary. Because there's coming a day that they'll want to be under the blood of Calvary. And we've got to point them there. Amen. I want to make a difference for the kingdom of God. I don't want to just be busy. I want to be operating in the power and the authority of the Spirit of God that has been invested in me. There's an investment of eternity. Investment of eternity in your lives. Amen. God bless you. I appreciate you. Uh, let's, uh, let's come back Sunday and uh, just expect an encounter with the Lord. Amen. I love and appreciate you. God bless you. You are dismissed.